Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast, where we will discuss with industry experts on how to create wealth and build passive income from apartment buildings, self-storage, mobile home parks, and much more. Here is your host, Jonathan Way. Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Way, and I'm the founder of Grayson Capital Group, my investment firm. If you're interested in passively investing with us, please visit graystonecapgroup.com and join our investor network. Okay, and now on to the show. Hello, welcome to the show, Alina. Hi, Jonathan. Great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Sure, thank you. Alina is the founder of Samuel Financial. She loves helping people. Her passion is to spread the word about the benefits of passive investing in various forms of real estate to empower people to build wealth for themselves and for their families. Alina has an MBA in finance and manager from Rutgers and a Bachelor of Business Administration in Accountancy from CUNY, the city of New York. She worked as a tax accountant as Ernst & Young, the big four, as well in private industry. For the past few years, Alina has worked tirelessly to help investors participate in offering over 1,200 apartment units, 10 million storage funds, 5 million mobile home park funds. Alina is proud to work closely with sales professional syndicators. She deeply enjoys learning about the goals of potential investors from venues, improving their portfolios, and demonstrating the benefits of investing and using such IR funds in real estate. She offers investors education through articles, presentations, as well as a speaker in various events and business leadership, investing wealth, and, and empowering women in the industry. Well, that's a great background. Really, really impressed, Alina. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. Um, Thank you, John. Thank you. Appreciate the compliment. No problem. So, Alina, tell me, how did you um, get started in a mobile home park? Uh, it actually all started with uh, me searching for investment, um, for real estate investment. And at the very beginning, I was searching for investment locally in New Jersey and couldn't find anything. So I decided to start looking out of state. Uh, while looking out of state, I came across syndications and that seemed like a great viable strategy at the time for um, someone who was working W-2 job. So I was doing the research and the first asset that I was investing was apartment buildings. And simply because this was something that was close to home, I could understand it well. And um, uh, I've lived in uh, apartments uh, myself before. So that was... Um, easy to digest for the most part and I invested in one and then another and after investing in a number of apartments um, I realized that there was a need for further diversification and I started looking at other asset classes and that's how I came across mobile home parks Um, this this seemed like a great asset um, class which was recession resistant if you will Um, and obviously just like any asset class it has some pros and cons of investing in mobile home parks but for the most part it looked like a a great uh, diversification option and a good asset to be in and um, I joined that uh, mobile home park fund uh, with an operator that has been around the block for many years and have done mobile home park investing for many years. And the, the reason that we're doing a fund is because mobile home parks in general are um, less expensive than apartment buildings. And it did make sense to just buy the small ones. It, um, it made a lot more sense to bring uh, more investors together and uh, set up a fund and invest in a number of mobile home parks and have you know, diversification within the specific asset class as well. 
So that was okay. my journey into mobile home parks. As a class. Okay, great, wonderful, wonderful. So you first started in was a multifamily, and then mobile home parks. Is that? Yep, yep, right? that's that's correct. But I've invested in quite a few multifamilies, maybe seven or eight. I don't remember prior to going into mobile home parks. And, and did you have a mentor at the time, or just you learn by yourself? Um, I uh, bought a, a self-paced course from uh, Radcliffe a couple of years ago, um, actually more than probably three, four years ago on syndication. So, you know, in a way you can say that indirectly Radcliffe was my mentor because it was a course that he designed. Uh, but in addition to that, I, I read a ton of books. And if anyone is interested, um, I actually have a library link on my website on Summer Financial with um, all of the books that I personally read. And in addition to real estate books, there are a ton of books on personal development. And, and again, those are my recommendations, the books that I've personally read and highly recommend to other folks to read. Okay, great. Great. Awesome. Awesome. So in your first, let's talk about your first mobile home park deal. Where was this located and, and what market and, and why was that a good, good deal? Sure. Uh, so it was actually um, one of many, uh, as mentioned, this was the mobile home park fund uh, that we invested in. Um, I, I don't remember which one was the first, but one of the earlier projects in that fund was a park in Arizona. The reason why it's good, and so in general, depending on the asset class you're investing, you need to look at multiple things. You need to look um, at the market itself, how the market behaves, and then you need to look at the asset class you want to invest and see the relationship between the market and the asset class, because depending on the asset class, uh, the supply and demand for different assets will be different. So in terms of mobile home parks, if you look at Arizona, um, which is, you know, a, a hot state with homes that typically do not have basements, it's, um, and, and homes that are probably a lot more expensive than in other areas, people um, typically want to move there because it's warmer and a lot of retirees are moving to Arizona is one of the options, not just to Florida or Carolinas. So when people move in there, they uh, not only look at apartments, they look at the mobile home parks as an option. Why? Because it's just less expensive. The rent uh, in general in uh, one or two bedroom apartments could be way too high. So people look at mobile homes as uh, an alternative, uh, less expensive option, number one. And number two, um, that also entails that they can own that mobile home and that essentially is their home. And a lot of folks um, have that pride of ownership, if you will. And that's why they like um, to uh, buy a property for themselves that's so that they can do anything they want with it and beautify it to their liking and make sure that they spend uh, many, many years there in, in the long run. And so um, Arizona in general um, was an, and still is um, a good market from that perspective because rents are high, you know, there is that um, home ownership um, pride as well. And also mobile home parks maintenance uh, tends to be lower than um, a, a private house in general. And that's, you know, another attractive factor. Um, plus, you know, for someone who is buying it, it's a privacy factor. When 
when you move into mobile home, it's like living in a house essentially because your neighbors are not behind your wall. They have their own walls and it's a completely separate, separately standing uh, con construction, if you will. So that helps from that perspective as well. So it, it has a benefits um, and reasons why people are choosing mobile home parks uh, versus apartments or single family houses. Sure, sure. So um, I think mobile home park, the way it operates is that you buy the land and you only, you only pay for the common areas. You don't, you don't own the, technically you don't own the, the mobile home. Is that correct? Uh, sure. So there are multiple ways to purchase and um, own uh, mobile home parks communities. Um, there are a lot of mobile home parks where uh, the mobile homes are owned by the uh, owner, property owner. Uh, but there are some where all of the mobile home parks, all or some are owned by the tenants themselves. Typically, what you see on the market now, and these are far and few in between because uh, they, they became uh, in very high demand um, in the last two years. So what you see is mobile home parks where the mobile homes are park owned. And what the um, smart operators are trying to do is when they buy these homes, they try to offer lease to buy options to, to the potential tenants, either to existing tenants or to the new potential tenants that want to rent those mobile homes. And, and that again um, has its benefits because uh, number one, you're offering someone to own their own property, to own their home. And number two, you're essentially taking all the maintenance expenses on that particular structure and transferring it to its new owner. Um, and if, you know, if this tenant doesn't work out, then you try the same thing with the next, next tenant, just offer them lease to buy. And uh, hopefully gradually uh, they will be able uh, to afford and buy that mobile home and uh, make it in, in their own home. But yeah, so uh, going back to your original questions, there are multiple ways of um, mobile home parks investment structure. So it could be either all or partial park-owned homes or all or partial uh, tenant-owned homes. And, you know, it, it, the combination could be different. could be a higher percentage of mobile or park-owned or could be a higher percentage of uh, tenant-owned. It, it, it really depends on the park and there is no uh, right or wrong here. It's just it depends on you as the operator if you want to buy one, whether you believe you can execute on a plan of transferring all the mobile homes to tenants eventually have them buy it so that you can enjoy the much lower um, expenses because essentially if the tenants uh, will own their homes down the line. That means that your expenses will come down to um, the common utilities and um, you know, the, and the, the common road between the parks and uh, that that's essentially it. So it, it may lower your income, but it also significantly lowers your expenses and, you know, it becomes a lot less costlier to maintain those parks. So, yeah, so it's almost like lending the space for the, the home. If the tenant owns the mobile home park, they pay a, a rent to the owner. Correct. And it's almost like a rent for that space. Yeah. Correct. It's it's only the rent for the space. But um, to add to my earlier point, if if you were to own mobile homes in addition to the land, then you'd have to maintain them. And maintaining, not only doing the repairs, 
but uh, to to the home itself, but also maintaining the uh, plumbing and the electric if needed and, and so forth. That would all all be on you, you know, it, it, depending on a sewage infrastructure and stuff. It, it could mean that your expenses could be really high or really low. So by transferring the mobile homes uh, to the tenants, by allowing them to buy it and eventually letting them fully own the homes, you're putting all of those home-related expenses on the tenants. So, you know, when it comes to land, that, that essentially is maintenance-free. You, you know, there is not much for you to maintain and you just are, you're responsible for the infrastructure overall and common utilities usage and, you know, the common roads. And uh, th- that's mm-hmm. on you. Everything else okay. is on tenants. So it's, it's a huge, huge uh, um, expense uh, decrease for, okay. for you as an owner. And what average you say, 30%, 40% is the P&L expense if you don't own the homes? It's it's less than that. I would say up to 30. It's probably not more than 30. Again, you, you may be buying it at a higher percentage, but your goal is to bring it down to 30, maybe 20, 25% wow. as much as that, possible. That's yeah. a very low competitive multifamily. Multifamily Absolutely. Like, you know, much, much I, yeah. Okay, great, great. And... Um, so what markets are you focusing on now that you want to, I guess, do your next deal? Uh, so we are primarily in general looking at the Southeast uh, so, so that we can buy in the markets that are a lot more accessible to us. Um, I, I'm actually looking at a few uh, apartment complex buildings right now. Um, and some of them are in uh, DFW area. Some of them are in North Carolina. So, but again, it's, mainly southeast region that that we like because um with covid we've seen a lot of changes we see uh, to this day a lot of people are still um moving from um you know both extremes from um, the west coast and even from here where i'm at new york area not new jersey specifically where i'm located but we see a lot of folks moving um, into places uh, like Dallas and even into, uh, you know, some other warmer climates in some towns in Florida and North Carolina. There, there is a big movement from New York in general to New Jersey and even the, the suburbs of Connecticut and Pennsylvania as well. But I, I think a lot more are moving down to the warmer climates and to the places that are income tax-free as well. I think it's a huge attractive point in addition to employers. So it's attractive for employers as well because um, what major employers are looking for in general are um, lower rents and supporting demographics since a lot of millennials are moving into those um, easier to afford and better climate type of markets that you know, the employers are moving um, after them because they, they want to be able to get a hold of uh, that young workforce and have them being able to access the, the jobs in the job market. So I see a lot of trend going in that direction. Okay, great. Yeah, great. Yeah, follow the demographics, follow the job, job growth, mm-hmm. and then you will you'll do well in your asset class. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think it's it's true for any asset class. But in general, when researching an asset class, you you first look at the um, you know the overall how the city, the town is doing, um, what the job market uh, is offering, 
whether the population is growing and then you look at specific supply and demand and you compare it to um to other identical assets in the area and you see what's going on uh, what is their typical vacancy uh, what is their typical occupancy? Are they able to maintain that low vacancy? And hopefully they are. And that means that, yes, there is a demand. So you can um, look for, for new investments or maybe build if you want to do a brand new construction or something in, in a new area uh, where there is a demand. Okay, great, great. So what's the best advice we give to our listeners? I would say before you do anything, start with educating yourself. The, the first and foremost point is educate yourself read up. Um, if you want to become a real estate investor, then um, read uh, as many books on real estate as investing as possible. Um, if you want to concentrate on specific asset class, whether it's multifamily or mobile home parks or something else, again, pick up the books that concentrate on that specific asset class, read about that, listen to podcasts, uh, such as this one that Jonathan is doing. Um, also talk to other like-minded investors, people that are already investing and working in a space and have been doing it for a while to get their advice and ideally to learn from someone else's mistakes versus learning from your own mistakes. Yes, excellent. Wonderful, wonderful. That's a great advice. Thank you very much. So what's the best way listen can connect with you? They can find me through my website, which is samofinancial.com, or they can find me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or if they're new to real estate investing and would like to determine what is the best real estate investing niche for themselves, I recently put together a course on exactly that topic and helping people to narrow down their focus and select the best real estate investing niche. And that course can be found on Udemy or I can provide you the link if your listeners are interested in that. Okay, I'm wonderful, wonderful. Thank you very much, Alina. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. For more information, you can find us online at www.graystonecapgroup.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. See you again next time.